Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Weekend Review Show. I'm your host Ali and joining me as always we have Simon and Dave. How are we gentlemen? Not too bad, thank you. Uh, tremendous, thank you. Excellent, excellent. Well, we have a very special review show. Today marks the 12th anniversary of the Man on the Post podcast. Boys, where were you 12 years ago? Oh God, probably... Oh, you would have been opening the Grammys or something? No, no. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I, I I suspect that this time twelve years ago I was severely hungover somewhere. <laughs> that, that doesn't surprise me in the slightest. I, I'll be honest, nothing's changed in the last twelve years. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, anything for yourself? Childless at the time? Yes, childless. When was it? Twenty eleven. Um, yes, I, I I was not married then. Yeah. Um, we uh, would have been. Would have been about to move into our first house. Wow. That's, that's exciting, isn't it? Just shows you how much time, it's only 12 years, but it just shows you how much has, how much has changed. Um, unfortunately, nothing's actually changed. I'm, I would have still stuck with four children. Um, not, <laughs> not, not married yet. Um, my youngest two had just been not long born. Um, I was now on the straight and arrow, giving up all the drinking and everything. Um, hadn't even played golf at this point, which is frustrating. <laughs> yeah, anyway, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, wow. So to mark the 12 year anniversary, um, I think I joined maybe after year four or five. And Dave, you must have been not long after me. Um, Simon being the baby of the, the team. <laughs> yeah, I think this is my third season now, I think. Well, yeah, that'd be about right. Yeah, because you. You you came in basically after I started hosting it really. Yeah, were... yeah, it's the uh, lockdown was when I came in. Wow. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. There's another thing let's we try to forget about. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, we have Simon's favourite. We have a little quiz. Um, so I have for for the twelve season starting at eleven twelve season, right up until this season, I have two questions for each season. Dave, since you're the the intelligent one of the two. Um, <laughs> really? <laughs> wow. I'm going to give you the choice. Would you like question number one or question number two in each season? Uh, one, probably. Number one for yourself. Perfect. Right, so that means you get number two, Simon, okay? Brilliant. Um, right, so Dave, question number one in 2011-12. Who opened the season that year and what was the score? Oh, for fuck's you get, sake. You get the score, it's a bonus point. 11-12, so 
Oh, so that was such a long time ago, Alex. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, I can I can tell you, we played at five thirty and we drew nil nil with Arsenal, right? So that was wasn't us or Arsenal. We all them out. Man, Man City played Monday night and Aguero made his debut. This is probably ruining other questions. But I'm just trying to rule out who who it wasn't. Is this the season that? I oh, know, can't be. Never mind. God, this is hard. I'd, I'd, um, this is riveting viewing, I know. There's <laughs> great editing skills get put into this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think by process of elimination, who played when? Because Man United played West Brom away on a Sunday tea time, so it can't be them. So who did Chelsea have? Uh, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Stoke versus Chelsea That was on the Sunday which was <sighs> because I think this was the big issue wasn't it with, uh, Chelsea won the league the year before um, and obviously Champions not opening up um, OK so it was I, I kind of cheated here. You could have actually had any of five results, Dave, because there was no, no early kickoff. They're all three o'clocks. Um, oh, you know, you know why as well? Because Tottenham and I think Everton got postponed because there was a riot in London, and that was meant to be the early game. I bet. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, had you even said that, you'd have got the points as well. Um, so, you could have had Blackburn, Wolves, uh, Fulham, Villa, Liverpool, Sunderland, QPR, Bolton, or Wigan, Norwich, because they were all three I o'clock. Mean, I mean, Christ, I, I, I can only tell you the whole fixture list. <laughs> uh, right. Which was very impressive, bearing in mind. <laughs> right, Simon, um, slightly easier question for yourself now. Um, well, let's go. Oh, trust me. In 2011-12, who won the league that year and how many points? Oh, God. Um... Was this it? I, I think it's probably wrong, but I'm going to say this year that Man City won it. It was. Um, uh, 86 points. So close, 89. Ah, that's not a bad effort, though. That is not bad at all. So one point to yourself. Right, 2012-13. Uh, Dave, I'll stick with you for question number one. Who was the top goal scorer this season? And a bonus point if you can get how many with. 13, yeah. Uh, so 12 13 season, yeah. So I think this must be. I think it's Van Persie, but let me just, let me just think it through in my head first. Because was this the year Liverpool were really good as well? That was the year after. So let's go with let's go with, let's go with Van Persie. You are correct. Uh, and I think he got many goals. Uh, Twenty six. Oh, what a shout that is! No, <laughs> what a shout that is. <laughs> Fair play. That's um, a guess. A I guess. Because obviously, he had went to United this season. Um, 
So, all right. So two points to Dave, one to Simon. Right, Simon. Question number two for yourself. Right, highest goal scoring game this season. You've got two choices. Either either result will get you a point. Both if you can get both games, and I need both scores for the bonus point. Oh, fuck's sake. I've <laughs> <laughs> um, I've literally got nothing that I can offer to to this highest scoring game twelve thirteen season. Yeah. Oh, um, one I remembered, um, and one I didn't realize. The only thing that's coming to mind, and I, I think, I think this is too late for this. But I'm going to say Tottenham beat Wigan nine nil. But mm. I think that's too early. Uh, yeah, yeah. That was nine ten, I think. Yeah, I knew, I knew it was, but that's literally the only game that was coming into my head <laughs> for a big score. Yeah, no bonus point, Dave, but any idea? I think Arsenal beat us 7-3. Yeah, that's one of the games. Yeah. yeah. No, they all... 7-3? Yeah, yeah Walcott, Walcott got, you got three, but uh, it was three. It was like 1-0, 1-1, 2-1, 2-2, 3-2, 3-3, and then Pardew famously <laughs> went, no, no more goals, and tried to shut up shop, and it was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the other game, which I can't believe I'm going to utter this team's name in a high-scoring game, um, it's West Brom 5, Man United 5. Oh, oh of course, yeah. <laughs> Fergie's last game. But, yeah, so 5-5. Five, five. Yeah, 10 goals in a game in a West Brom game, and it wasn't 10-0. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll go to the 13-14 season. Um, Simon, I'll come to you. Still obviously on question two, but I'll come to you first. Um, th- obviously, three teams relegated. Um, name me two for a point. Uh, all three for a bonus point. Um, 13 14. 13 14. Okay, I was trying to think. So that was Lambert's second season in charge of us. So I was trying to think who who we would would have been batting for relegation that season. <laughs> <laughs> I like the tactics. I like them. 13 14. Uh, I'm just going to say. Hull, Burnley, QPR. None, <laughs> which I'm very surprised at. Uh, Dave, any idea? Well, Cardiff were definitely one because yeah. we sent them down and Solskjaer was the manager and I laughed for many, many hours. <laughs> one is very, very obvious, especially this season. Um, Feels sorry. I, I mean, I mean, it's always, it's always Norwich. Like, surely they are always like, has been pr- promoted or relegated. So. Suarez scored ninety-five goals against them. So that kind of... uh, I don't know who yeah. the one was. Uh, Fulham, Fulham was the other right. one. Right, Dave, your question: uh, Which goalkeeper uh, kept the most clean sheets? There was two, so either I'm getting the point, two, and the amount gets you a bonus point. Bound to be Czech, I would think, around that time. One point, yep. Uh, let's see, 38 games. Probably kept clean sheets in maybe mm, not as many as half, but maybe 17. Oh, so close, so close. 16. Great, great. <sighs> and Desney was the other goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't have got that one. <laughs> no. Right, 
2014-15 season. Again, Simon, I'll start with you. Question two for yourself. Who had the biggest away win this season? Um, Man City. No, it was Chelsea with a 5-0 away win to Swansea. Dave, opposite for yourself, who had the biggest home win in 2014-15? I've got a very funny feeling. This is um, when our good friends and neighbours, Sunderland, got beat 8-0 off um, Southampton with one of the greatest own goals ever scored by... I think his name was Virginia or something stupid like that, but he uh, smashed the volley in early doors. Yeah, yeah, it was 8 0. Um, I didn't know about this result, but obviously I didn't even know. Do you know what? I didn't even pay attention when I was writing it down that it was against Sunderland that made, made that so much easier for you. I do. Was that, was that <laughs> just Poyer in charge of Sunderland at that point? Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah I vaguely remember that game now. Did, 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 a, did a shit on the dressing room floor and blamed someone else as usual. <laughs> Lovely. Right, 2000. <laughs> 2016. Right, uh, right. We'll come back to you first, Dave, on this one. Who was the first manager to be sacked this season? Now, from everything I found out here, two managers were sacked on the same date, but only one's been given credit of first manager being sacked. But I will take either answer. Mm, God Almighty! So this is. This is our McLaren season, which was a disaster for all concerned. Um, he wasn't first sacked, though. He went along. He was like February, I think. Um, right. Hmm. Is it... Um, I can give you the date if it helps, Dave. If you want to. <laughs> trying to think. Like, Is this the... Brendan Rodgers, Carragher on Henri's knee. Is that your final answer? Yes. Yes, it is. And the uh, other on the same date was Dick Advocate. At, but that's that's Sunderland, yeah, didn't. Yeah, um, but every every report and all the things I've seen, first manager we sat that year was Brendan Rodgers. So um, I was like, at least I can give you the chance of both, just in case you knew. <laughs> Brendan <laughs> oh. Rodgers after eight games um, what a glorious decision that was um, right Simon on the same subject <laughs> how many managerial changes were made this season but only during the season not including the end of the season well there's already been two that have been mentioned there <laughs> I, I know we made two because that was the year we went down we got rid of tactics Tim Sherwood and then Remy Gard is possibly the worst manager to have ever managed in the Premier League. So there's, there's at least four. Uh, and I'll assume there was I'll assume there was another three or four. So I'll go I'll go eight. There was ten. Ah. Aston Villa made three, Simon. Did we? Yeah, yeah. Kevin McDonald. Yeah, yeah. Well well he, he was he was like a caretaker for one game between um yeah. Between Sherwood and Remy Gard, so I don't, I don't know if that should count. Well, Caretaker manager. According to transfer market stats, so it counts. The transfer have, market stats can go <laughs> fuck themselves. Yeah, so we had <laughs> Advocate, Rogers, Sherwood, McDonald, Gary Monk, Mourinho, Alan Curtis, Steve McLaren, Remy Gard, and Roberto Martinez got got sacked on the 12th of May. What was that? A game before the end of the season? 
Yeah, well, the Eustace couldn't have to manage Everton, um, and he had to beat Sunderland for us at the stadium light to keep us in the league. And he yeah. got beat like three 0 It was one of the worst performances ever. Well, okay. well I, all I'm going to say is, and I know it's irrelevant, so I'm going to lose the quiz. But I said, hey, two of those ten managers you read there, McDonald's and Alan Curtis, were caretaker managers who were just in for a game. So I, uh, I think I'm I'm a, harshly treated. With no, I actually I agree with you. So I mean, if, if they've been caretaker managers, they don't count. The managers, doesn't matter if they're caretakers, they're still, they, they managed a game for that team, then they were released, they were sacked. Simon, stop it. You're just like, <laughs> okay. Right, 2016-2017, um, I'll come to you, greeting face. Um, the longest unbeaten team in the league that season. A bonus point if you can say how many games. Well, I mean, for this and the next two years, we were in the championship, so I'm going to be honest. <laughs> if you thought my knowledge was shit before this period. Um, <laughs> oh, God. I'll say Man City went on a 15-game unbeaten run. No. Dave, any idea? No bonus point, but... We, well, we were also in the championship, so, <laughs> so, so some other successful team. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Like Man United? Like, I mean... Yes. With 25 oh, games unbeaten. 20, 25 games? Did they win yes, the league? a lot of draws in this season. Um, but yeah, Man United with 25 games unbeaten. But right. For yourself then, the longest winning run. And bonus point if you can get how many? I'm on the night. So what season is this? I've lost track. 16-17. Right. So who won the league that year? And we weren't involved. So I want to say... This must be the uh, Chelsea won the league, I think. I didn't write down this many stats there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> answer, sorry. I, I think I think this is one of the this is a Chelsea cod day year. I think I'm doing it right. So let's see them. I don't know. Yeah, I think yeah, I think you're right with that because he uh, took well, over after the Euros, didn't they? Chelsea is the answer. So you've got a point. Can you get a uh, bonus? How many games? They give us the one in a yes. row. Winning well, run. Quite, uh, let's say like 11. I don't know. 13. That's a great shot. 13. Yeah, that's impressive. I, no, no, what are they won the league? So is this <laughs> the year that, that they, were getting, they, were, they made a terrible start and he changed that back three or something like against? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Right, Dave. 2017-2018. Uh, Manchester City won 5-0 three times that season. Can you name the three opponents they did it against? 17, 18. Uh, this uh, will be um, the Mane kick Edison in the head game. So I'm going to say Liverpool. Correct. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> Do I need to do more? Oh, that was... uh, you go three for the point, I'm afraid. Sorry. Oh, what? <laughs> Two out of three, actually. If you give me three, you can get a bonus point. So Man City beat three teams 5 0, did they? This was the, they, I'm sure they won 7 2 a couple of times, 6 1. This was the really ridiculous Man City goal scoring season. Just a quiet season, then. Yeah, it was nonsense. Fair, fair enough. Um, I don't know. Um, yeah. Swan, Swansea, they always take a piercing off somebody. Fuck you, Really? <laughs> yes. and the other one, I'm guessing you could uh, take a guess at it as well and not be far away. 
Uh, yeah, I, I, I think I might have an idea. The other one might be. I'm going to say Burnley because they. Yeah, that was my guess. No, no, Crystal Palace. Uh, right, Simon, same season, longest losing run. Who was it? Uh, 17-18. Oh God. Um, I've had such little interest in the Premier League in this period. I couldn't even think he was in there. Uh, I'll say Sunderland's lost nine in a row. You're so close with the amount of matter. It was West Brom with eight. There you go. Right, 18-19 season. Simon, three teams qualified for the Europa League this year. Name two of the three. Bonus point for all three. Oh, so, so and you mean at the end of the season where they finished or they were playing in it in the season? No, no, they, they qualified for it that season. Okay. Um, it's not the 17-18 season, Simon. It's the 18-19 season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tottenham? Nope, so you better hope you get the next two right. Okay, <laughs> <Get> now. <out. laughs> they qualified for the Champions League, surprisingly. They actually made top four. This was the year. At the season, well, 1920, oh. we would have got to the Champions League final. Uh, Manu? Yes. And, oh, God. I will say Arsenal. Yes. The last team, Dave, any idea? I think this was Wolves' when the, the, the time at the top. Oh, right. First year call. Um, right, Dave, three players finished joint top to goal scoring the league this year. Can you name two for a point? Bonus point for all three and the total that they scored. That was Salah and Mane. Mm-hmm, so there's a point. And I think the other one was Aubameyang. Correct. Can you get them? How many for a drop bonus? Uh, I'm fairly confident it's 22. It was, yep. Nice. Um, I remember that scrap. The quiz is basically irrelevant now, but we'll finish it anyway. <laughs> it, was, it was irrelevant 10 minutes ago. <laughs> so, Simon, nineteen twenty season. Who won the league title this year? Liverpool. Yes. And I'm not saying I'm cheating. This was meant to be Dave's question, but I felt the score was bad enough, so I swapped the <laughs> <laughs> Who was top goal scorer this season? 1920 season. Who finished top goal scorer in the Premier League? Uh, oh god. Um, I've got a feeling it was Vardy because didn't like. It was, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure I wrote him off several times on the podcast, and then he kept scoring goals and then <laughs> broke every record going. Yeah, Jamie Vardy with 20 goals this season. Um, I didn't think you'd get that. I thought that was kind of like a surprise. No, I, if I hadn't been doing the podcast, I probably wouldn't have got it. But uh, <laughs> here we are. Right, twenty twenty one season. Um, Manchester City won the league this year, Dave. How many preg- Premier League titles did it make for them? I think this will be the four fifth. Fourth, fifth, fifth. Let's go fifth. Correct. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a coin flip. Right, Sai. Highest goal scoring game this season. Uh, was this the Villa Liverpool seven two? 
It was. I had to put it in. You talk about it enough. <laughs> I feel it's yeah. mentioned every other week in the podcast. It'd be rude not to be in the quiz. Exactly. <laughs> 21-22 season then, gentlemen. Um, was another 9-0 as well? It didn't come up. Um, Fair enough. I'm trying to remember when, when Man U put nine past Southampton. I'm sure that was during the COVID times. Maybe in the, maybe in the season after. Uh, I will search it as we ask the next question. Right, Simon, 21-22 season. Who had the longest unbeating run? Bonus point if you can get the... Uh, how many? Uh, I'll say Man City. And I'll say 14 games. Hmm... Dave, I'll ask your question and then we will give both answers. Longest winning run this season? We're in 21-22 now. Yes. I'm going to say Man City, but I don't know how many games. Uh, Maybe 10 games in a row. It was, it was Man City with 12 games, so if you both had went in between both your answers, it would have been perfect. <laughs> and it was Liverpool with 19 this season. Um, and Dave, you were right, it was 9-0. Um, somebody's obviously deleted it off the, the Wikipedia history page. Uh, <laughs> but the 7-2 was still, so you still get your points, Simon, it's okay. Um, right, so we are on 22-23. Um Simon, I'm going to give you two teams, and Dave, you're going to get two teams. I want the opening day results for each team of this season. Now, bear in mind, we're all doing the podcast, lads. Uh, very easy. So, Dave, I would like the Newcastle and Everton results, and Simon, I would like Villa and Leeds. Oh, well, we beat Forest 2-0, and Everton lost 1-0 to Chelsea. Correct. We lost 2-0 at Bournemouth. Yep. And what was it? Leeds, you says? Leeds. Oh, fucking hell. Oh, God, I have no idea. Absolutely no idea. Um, Nah, I've got nothing. Can't think at all. Well, it's between Leeds and Liverpool. Could you get the Liverpool one? You don't get the point, but would you have known the Liverpool score? Uh... No. <laughs> Fulham 2, Liverpool 2 and Leeds 2, Wolves 1. Fair play. Yeah. So the end of the quiz was Dave 13, Simon 4. Fucking hell. So anyway, let's go on to the football lads. We will start with, I think you're a bit more knowledge on this one, Simon. <laughs> um, so we had no Friday night game, I assume. Correct. Perfect because it's not working on my phone, so that's always the best. Right, so we'll start with Saturday then. Um, early kickoff, I assume. Man United 2, Everton 0. Uh, Dave, I'll come to you first on this one. Uh, it wasn't, wasn't a massive surprise. Um, it's quite an open game for the first half. I mean, Everton missed, both teams missed a great chance. Wan-Bissaka missed an open goal, and Ellis Sims gave a finish that was so bad it defied words, like he just kind of... <laughs> kind of rolled it across the goal for no real reason. Um, I, over, Man United always likely to win. Um, Daesh is... don't know what we thought he'd do at Everton, which is tighten them up, but uh, they're so sorely lacking a goal scorer, and it was evident again here. 
Um, plenty of effort, but there's not an awful lot of quality in the final third. Um, and Seamus Coleman is obviously feeling his age a bit because that was a bad mistake for the, the second goal. Um, but fairly, fairly unremarkable afternoon, I would say. Kind of the result we all expect. It just took a while to, to get there. Yeah, Simon, an agreement? Yeah, I mean, I, from like the little bits I saw of it, uh, the pub before our game, it didn't look like the greatest spectacle, but it, it looked fairly, fairly comfortable for Man U. Um, he was obviously not had a, a good few weeks, and for Everton, it's, I mean, it's one of those because it, it's so tight down there. You, know, you can nick a point, it's great, but it's kind of, yeah, it's one of those. It, it would have been a, a definitely like a sort of free hit bonus point situation game, and they'll have a. There'll, there'll be other games with that, but I think that they'll, they'll they'll try and get points from that. They're more realistic, so yeah, not a great day for Everton. But I don't think I think everyone expects, and you know, at least it was a sort of respectable scoreline because goal difference could be a huge thing from the end of the season. So I think yeah, just move on from their point of view. Yeah, as you say, pretty, pretty much a free hit. Almost um, not that any games are free hit, but. It's a shame because it's one of the few games in the season I actually want Everton and Carl to be happy. <laughs> you know what? He's away on holiday now, so nah, screw him. <laughs> Enjoy the misery. Uh, right, Simon, on to brighter notes. Aston Villa 2, Forest 0. Um, kind of a weird game, this. Like how Villa were very comfortable, but just what a turgid Nottingham Forest performance. Yeah, I mean, this result would have made Carl happy, I'm sure. So, you know, it's, it's nice nice to help the little people out every now and again. Um, <laughs> but, like, I mean, yeah, it was... It was um, I mean, Forrest came, like, to set up to try and get a point, which, it, you know, is completely understandable in the, in the position they're in. You know, every point is, is crucial down there. So, I could understand what, what their game plan was. From our point of view, we were... We were always in like total control of the game and, and pretty comfortable. Like Forrest offered absolutely nothing going forward. It wasn't a it wasn't a great performance. It was it's quite sloppy and at times the the midfield, especially in the beginning of the week, they, they just looked quite tired and I kind of you know, obviously on the on the back of it's the third game in the week and obviously Chelsea last weekend there's a you know, a lot of lot of running and energy. It had gone into that game the same on Tuesday night. So I think it was a nice fixture for us to have because it, it kind of it, it meant that our sort of legginess and tiredness didn't really get exposed. And it was just very much a case of just as soon as we get the opening goal, then you kind of felt that that was game over. The one I was surprised at, well, I say surprised, I, I kind of thought that Forrest would have come out a bit more than they did. Because they 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 their game plan did not change at all from the from after we went one 0 up. But then at the same time, I suppose they're thinking, as long as it stays one nil, if we can get to the last five ten minutes and it's still one nil, then you never then they may be coming another go. But, but even then, it, they they kind of never really did. And uh, you know, the second goal in the week. It, I I think opposition players just must not think that he's very good because that's both goals now they've laid on the plate for him <laughs> which is a bit strange and then it's nice to see Watkins keep his goal scoring run on it was a really good goal actually to be fair I thought the uh, the touch to get it past his friend and the little chip over now versus you know it's, 
it was a goal of a striker who's absolutely banging form at the moment. Um, but what, it was quite interesting, actually. I, t- I saw a little interview with Watkins on like the bit uh, of Twitter after the game. And he was he, he said something that I thought was quite interesting and really sort of shows how different things are now under Emery than they were under Gerrard. He, he was saying that, he said that the players don't get as frustrated with each other on the pitch as, as they used to. And that Emery's like just drilled into them so much, you know, every player is capable and will make mistakes during games, but just to stick to the plan that we've worked on and eventually it, it will come good. And I just thought it was quite an, an interesting thing for, for Watkins to come out and say, you know, that 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 they were getting frustrated with each other when, when people making mistakes, but now it's there's there's like a real sort of togetherness and it's I suppose what it comes from having a proper clear identity and a clear way of playing and you know a clear plan of, of what everyone's meant to be doing on the pitch and so a game that could have petered out into a real frustrating nil-nil because you know we, we, we could have just resorted to, to panicking to hitting long balls thinking right we need to try and break through them let's just get it forward as quick as possible it's, it's really nice to see a complete lack of panic from the players on the pitch and they're just you know they're very much like let's just we'll keep playing our game because we know we know what we can do and we know it will come and you know, that's seven games unbeaten now six wins one draw five clean sheets and I know uh, Ross sort of said in the group that if you look at the run of fixtures we've had those seven games they've all been against sort of teams below us in the league so you know that that, that is true but at the same time it's fair Ross did say this as well you you can only beat what's put in front of you. And, and that's a run of games that last season or under Gerrard's that had the start of the season. There's no way we'd won all of those games. And, and it's the clean sheets as well. That's the big thing. Yeah. And, and, you know, the fact that I think our goal difference now, bearing in mind that run we've been on it, we're sixth in the league. We've still got a goal difference just plus one. So that shows how bad we had yeah. been at the start of the season, really. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, I can't really believe that we're sitting sick with, with eight games to play. It's a bit mad, but I'm, uh, I'm, I'm certainly enjoying things at the moment. Are you slightly concerned about squad depth going into the last seven games, eight games, seven games? Um, for Europe, not so much. Obviously, there's no danger, but yeah. push on for the, that European place. In in certain areas, yeah, I, I think I, I think you know, if if Watkins was was to get an injury or you know if he if he got himself sent off in a game and missed a few games, then then that would be a slight concern. Definitely, well, actually, no, be more than so, like it would be a concern because he, <laughs> yeah. because he's, he's the only like uh, sort of proven, recognised centre forward that we've got at the club at the moment. So so that is a, an issue. Um, yeah, other than that, I mean, it, it, obviously, if you get a, c- a couple of injuries to key players, that you know that that will knock you. But but most teams in in the league that, that you know that's that would happen. So it's also it's not a concern that I have in terms of squad depth. But it's it's obviously that there's there's certain players that that you wouldn't be able to replace, and I think. Uh, still keep getting sort of the results and performances we're having. So 
Yeah, I mean, I, there's for for me, just the fact that we're, we're even in a serious conversation for finishing in a European spot now is is incredible. So it's just yeah, just looking forward now. I'm going into these these last eight games like with, with excitement and. It, that makes a nice change to be in this position in the league and and not be panicking still. Yeah, and and speaking of excitement of position in the league and looking forward to the last seven eight games, I'm, I'm totally unaware of how many's left. Um, Dave, massive win against Brentford. Um, obviously Brentford in good bit of form. Um, took the lead in the game, I believe. Missed a penalty as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. Also um, come back and one two one. Obviously a goal disallowed as well, but. That's a huge three points. Good run of form you're on just now. Oh, man. This was as important as any of the wins, mainly because we played so poorly for the first half, um, which was largely down to Brentford's control of the game. Um, but how made the change at half-time, and uh, had it been Eric Ten Hag, we'd never hear the end of it, but Hal <laughs> made two changes, put uh, Wilson on with Isaac, and uh, we were so much better in the second half. Um, as you say, comfortably turned the game around and had a, th- had a third disallowed for what is officially a handball by the rules, but it's just one of those where it's, it's not deliberate, but whatever. Um, their penalty that they missed was probably the most penalty I've ever seen. Like, Botman absolutely, <laughs> absolutely wipes them out. Um, but the penalty that they got given by VAR was bizarre um, in the sense that we had an exact same situation a week earlier at Man United, um, and it wasn't given. And that's what's frustrating. Um, uh, a lot of the time they say they don't want to re-ref the game in the VAR room, but some of the penalties that didn't get given this weekend versus this one that was turned over to, to be a penalty, I just find it very, very strange. Um, so reading that what you will. But, um, and since Tony never missed a penalty, the penalty he did miss here, was well, I was going to say the worst point of the weekend, but more Salah than he did. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's a strange old afternoon, really, but a uh, big win. Thomas Frank um, said some things afterwards which I thought were a bit pathetic, like dropping in how much Isaac cost during his analysis of the game, which is like, well, and what? Um, <laughs> and also sounding off about. Jason Tyndall talking to the fourth official, um, bearing in mind the penalty they were given. Uh, I just thought it was sour grapes for a man who, as we've discussed, definitely has hands that smell. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, we, we just keep finding ways to win. Um, and it's encouraging that it's, you know we have a plan B when we need to use it, which often we haven't had to do this season. But um, when he's had to make big calls and change it, he's, he's done it. Um, and we've had the results so another game closer to achieving the impossible ahead of uh, I'll review a call next weekend well so on, on that um, obviously nine games to go sitting in third um, do you how confident are you on a percentage scale of making top four by the end of the season um, probably about maybe 60% at the minute Um we've got Aston Villa away next weekend obviously and then we have Tottenham at home um, on current form we should we should beat Tottenham I'm not certain about Villa obviously I mean both teams are on great runs of form at the minute so great game that really bit of, bit of a coin toss um, but 
Tottenham was home at the minute, Tottenham. I don't know how they'd be playing us with one that game, but <laughs> they, were, they were second best throughout, really. Um, which is what worries us in a way, because like, we've seen a lot this season we can dominate teams and, and play them off the park, but can't always find that, that killer instinct. Um, and I just worry it might be one of those games where we, we draw a blank in front of the goal and, and Tottenham score a Tottenham goal where, you know, Harry Kane scores a tap in or something. But um, <laughs> we'll worry about that in two weeks' time. But um, for the time being, uh, yes, I am for the first time quite confident we'll finish in the top four. Yeah, I mean, I've been fairly confident from the start, so I'm, yeah, I'm hoping, I'm hoping you can do it. Um, I'm kind of torn on next week because I'm really enjoying Villa under um, Emery and then obviously the run you've done on yourself. It's, it'll, be a, it'll be a fun podcast next week regardless. Uh, <laughs> Fulham nil, West Ham won massive three points for, for West Ham, obviously just after sacking. They have sacked points, haven't they? I'm not being stupid. No, no they haven't. Oh, not? oh, well, massive three points for boys. Uh, <laughs> so I thought he went last week after that result, but never mind. Yeah, some massive three points for them in the, the relegation battle. Uh, much to add on the game, apart from the, yeah, might have kept them in for another week. I mean, obviously we played the midweek and they were terrible. Oh, God, they were um, awful, weren't they, against you? Um, so to pull this out three days later, uh, it's kind of, you know, fair play, but... Uh, I think it was a nice... Without opponents for them, it's a nice opponent yeah, for them was... to have because Fulham they're on the beach and like you know obviously as we've sort of spoken about no Mitrovic and that Fulham team it makes such a, a big difference and you know they've as a newly promoted team they're sitting in the top ten it, it happens like you know we've seen it how many times before when when teams get get to I mean they're, they're not on 40 points they're on 39 but you know that whole psychological thing of when once you get yourself safe you do like we've seen it happen so many times with, with teams at that level they switch off so it was a nice it's a nice opponent for West Ham but I, I, you know they're then I know in terms of the league position they're sitting 14th but they're still winning that relegation battle. They're, they're, you know, they're nowhere near out of it yet, but it's a huge three points for them. Yeah, on the on the relegation battle, we'll just quickly come on to the next game. Obviously, Leicester, who have sacked their manager, <laughs> losing losing one night of Burnmouth. Um, massive three points. Uh, massive result, actually, for both teams here, um, right or wrongly. Um, and three points closer to medium happy for Leicester to go down. It's back-to-back wins for Bournemouth now, and you know, two weeks ago, or whatever it is, yeah, two three weeks ago, we we played them just before the international break and, and beat them three 0 and they were they were dreadful that day. And I, I kind of looked at them then and thought, oh god, these are knackered. But then, you know, they beat uh, I can't remember who it was last week at home, and then they, yeah, see, that was yeah, yeah, that was it, yeah, so, yeah, they beat Fulham at home last week and going away to Leicester. Leicester are in. Such such trouble. I, I just I can't. Well, I mean, I know what you're going to say. It's the previous manager, but I can't. I can't really work out what's going on because they've got some some good players in in that midfield area. I suppose Tivardi's gone. You know, he's, he's tipped over the edge now. He's lead to over the hill. And defensively, I think they've had a lot of injuries and issues. But if they, you know. Tiedemans, I don't know what's happened to him this season. Madison's a good player. Harvey Barnes, a really good player. There's no way they should be in the position they're in. And 
I, I, I think they're in such such trouble. You look at the week they've just had: Palace away, Villa home, Bournemouth home. To get zero points from those three games, that that is that is seriously worrying. What do we think of um, Dean Smith getting the job down this season? Like, there seems to be a new trend in town, which is a minute, which is appointing interim managers or firefighting managers for like the rest of the season, and mm. it's it's encouraging managers to fail upwards. Like Jesse Marsh very nearly got this job, which is insane for what he did at Leeds. It's well, I thought it was insane, but then appointing Dean Smith, who was a disaster at Norwich, obviously had a bad run at Villa before he went. Um, but he also had a very good start at Villa. So, like, is that what they're going for here, or like? Yeah, well, was I mean, I, I think the Norwich thing. He, as I think we've said before on a few occasions, is he should never have taken that job. It was far too soon. It was like a week after he was sat from us. <laughs> yes. He should have took a should have took a much longer break. I actually think if I, I don't think it's a bad appointment if you know, if it happens and if Shakespeare and John Terry are going back with him. No, they did pretty well at Villa. Obviously, it, it, it ended. No, it didn't end great. Although I, I do think at the time, I, I thought that we were wrong to have sacked him at the time we did, and especially doing so to replace him with Gerard. You know, was was a stupid thing to do in the end. So, I don't think it's a bad appointment. The, the worry is, I think the mess that Leicester are in. You guys know, just reeled off those three games they've had when they've got zero points. I think they're in such a bad way that I'm not sure whatever manager goes in. I don't know if they can be saved. Whoever goes in, they they just they just think of a team that is going to go down. But I I think that that combination of manager and coaching staff it it may I don't think it's, it's the worst thing that they could have done. If you look at some of the options out there, the limited options, and as you say, he had a good start of it, and he he does create. Like a, I think I think players enjoy working with him. They, you know, all the the noises were coming out of Villa, especially at the time uh, when when Shakespeare and Terry were working with him. Is that the players like did like what was going on and 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 liked the management, liked the coaching stuff. So maybe trying to get that feel good factor in and you know try and lift the mood a bit. It might do it, but as I say, their recent form. It's just been so bad. I'm not sure if, if if they've left it, not left it too late. Yeah, I think uh, I think John Terry's the big. Sorry, I was going to say I think John Terry's the big one to go in there because Leicester have been crying over someone to court that defence for a long time now. Um, mm. I mean, they've been exposed on set pieces for a couple of seasons now. Um, just having someone who's going to organise, you know, Danny Lamarty to not be a lunatic would be a good <laughs> start. They never been able to coach a defence. Why I never? <laughs> <laughs> we'll use that John Terry and mess of a club and horrendous managerial decisions. We'll skip over the Tottenham game and go straight on to the Chelsea game um, because John Terry must be wondering what the hell he's got to do to get a chance at the Chelsea job, even interim. Because Lampard gets sacked from the job, goes to Everton, gets sacked, and then takes back over because yeah. the club. It's John Not Terry. Because James Corden said it was a good idea. Have you heard the story? No. Uh, well, it's in one of the papers that uh, James Corden advised Todd Bowley, Bully, I don't know who he said, yeah. um, 
to uh, to appoint Frank Lampard as interim manager. Well, I love James, James Corden, West Ham fan, of yeah. course. <laughs> <laughs> I love James Corden more and more. But like, how has Todd Bowley become a multi-millionaire if these are the decisions that he makes? That makes me wonder about a lot of these millionaires. To be fair, billionaires. <laughs> but I mean, it, I mean, Dave, you know, me and you have got that joint love of hating Chelsea more than anybody in the world. Um, so, <laughs> love the fact I've appointed Lampard. Like, if you want to speak objectively, does it make sense? Absolutely not. But for our purpose on the podcast and making fun of them, I love the appointment. <laughs> yeah, that sums it up. I mean, they've just... Well, it's weird seeing them in 11th to begin with. Like, I mean, we thought Leicester shouldn't be anywhere near 19th. Chelsea should be nowhere near 11th. Like, how, <laughs> how bad have you got to be to manage that squad of players to 11th? Like... Palace are only six points behind them. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Well, that's it. I mean, Roy Hodgson at the minute is going to end up getting poached by, by Chelsea from Palace. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just, I mean, yeah, as you say, from, from our point of view, it's absolutely brilliant and hilarious that Lampard's got that job. But it's fucking insane, isn't it? I mean, yeah. the, you, you go on, like, Ed, you know, when you uh, every everything you saw on social media, fans of every single club were laughing their heads off and going, "This is a disaster and ridiculous." And you got Chelsea fans, like I said in the in the group to Ryan when it, when he was you know first saying, "Oh no, Lampard knows you and playing blah, blah blah blah," and I said, "You sound like a girl trying to convince herself that an ex who's clearly no good for her has changed." <laughs> it's just, it's like. It like, is ridiculous. Like, I, I, I mean, everybody knows my love of the Villa podcast on on here now, and um, I don't only really use normally use what they say, but they made a really good point this week. I don't know if you listened to it, Simon. When I'm talking about like Chelsea fans are talking about, oh, you'll do it till the end of the season till we get who we want. Yeah, you're Chelsea who spend billions of pounds. Go get the manager you want. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm guessing they want like Nagelsmann or uh, who's the other one that they mentioned? Luis Enrique. Yeah. They're, they're both unemployed. Graham Potter wasn't employed, wasn't employed when they got him. What is going on? Yeah, I mean, like, it's just ridiculous. And, and all all, all the, the arguments you heard from Chelsea fans for Lampard coming in, it was all shit like he knows the club and, you know, he's a legend. Mm. But I, I think there's not one argument I've seen that has anything to do with his ability as a football manager because everyone knows he's got zero ability as a football manager certainly at Premier League level like it's it's funny and, and I, I totally agree with you and I, I, funny enough I, I said it to my dad actually the other day if you're going to do that give it to John Terry to the end of the season because what's John Terry it, done to Chelsea that he doesn't know the club and he doesn't deserve 10 yeah. like Lampard's done it and failed exactly and like Terry was a quite well regarded coach in his time at Villa like he, he by all accounts was, was really good so yeah, he's and he's got, working got, at Chelsea as well uh, yeah really really hard but but funny oh great yeah. I mean right, I mean I mean Will's got the 1-0 one here I don't even know what happened in the game I just did you did you see the goal no I'm not seeing yeah. oh mate unbelievable fair oh, yeah. play yeah head of a goal yeah. I'm going to go and watch as you discuss the game on and you, know, you said we're going to skip over the Tottenham game. I hope we're going to skip back to it. Oh, no, we're going back, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. just a segue, Simon. That's, <laughs> that's why I'm the host and you're the... 
Gee, segways. <laughs> the Tottenham game is actually got its own spin-off show this week. <laughs> uh, I mean, you literally could, couldn't you? <laughs> For two well, hours. <laughs> I tell you what, whilst I watch the, the Wolves go, we'll move on to the Tottenham 2, Brighton 1, I believe it was, um, with a lot of madness, I believe. No, oh, it was soaks and baggy trousers all around. It was just a hideous <laughs> performance, like from the referees. Um, Brighton got absolutely done over here, like they had... <laughs> To say they didn't get the rubbers agreeing with the decision is ridiculous, and I think that they've had their the third apology of the season. Um, yeah. For bad officiating. I mean, even just looking at the stats, you know, Brighton had 65% of the ball, 17 shots, dispersed as nine, um, and they lost 2 1. And they had a goal as low of a handball, which was probably the handball, I give them that. Um, they didn't get a penalty for Matoma being. Foul, quite blatantly, clearly, in fact. Um, is that the one the referees have apologised for since, or PGMOL, whatever it is? Yeah, yeah. I think, that's the, I think that, was, that was the biggest that control. There was also um, Welbeck had a shot which hit McAllister on the, well, if you ask the referees, hit him on the hand. If you ask everybody else who has eyes, hit him on the hip. And uh, that one was disallowed as well. Um, I think there was also a few which didn't make much of the day, which were like, Bad first challenges, which weren't weren't punished by yellows or red cards, but that's probably splitting hairs. But the big decisions were all badly wrong. And uh, I think they should have had a, another penalty at the end with the pull on Lewis Dunk. As oh well. yeah, I mean that's that's one of those uh, where like people go, well they never get given, but like why do they ever get given? Yeah. <laughs> like, that doesn't yeah. mean, like, yeah. I mean those like, like you say. It's, Say they they didn't get the rub of the green is 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 a slight understatement. <laughs> I think you'd say like I mean I just I I cannot work it out. Like, I mean you know going back to the point you made earlier about the penalty that Brent the second penalty Brent forgot in your game. Like how how you can look at that and go yeah okay yeah overturn it that's a penalty and then look at the one on Matoma. I mean I, the one on Dunk. I, I do think it was a blatant penalty, but I agree with you in that that sometimes you don't get given them with you know people pulling shirt in the box like that. Sometimes that doesn't happen. But that the one on Matoma, I mean that is that is ridiculous. And the referee, how it's ridiculous that the referee didn't give it. The on-field official didn't yeah. give it because he stood about five yards away looking directly at it. So I don't know how he hasn't seen that, but surely. The whole point of the AR is meant to be if the referee has missed somehow a clear, obvious thing like that, to not even send him to the monitor to have a look. I, well, that's it. Like, I cannot get my head around that. This monitor use thing's ridiculous because it's got the point where like they only have a look at the monitor if they're gonna if they're gonna make a decision and change and change what they've picked. But it shouldn't be like that. The monitor should be like, right, we've had a look at it and we actually think you know you should have another look at it and give us your opinion. Yeah. I mean, we, we, uh, it seems to be like almost like 99 times out of 100, if they go on the monitor, they're going to change their mind. But I still think the on-field ref should make the final decision, which obviously means they, they do, but they're obviously heavily advised once they go yeah. off the screen. I think it's like saving face, isn't it? But it's just one of the many things that could be could be made better. They are like it's, I mean, we've kind of got the point where it's not the technology that's at fault, it's the people operating it. Um. Howard Webb, I would say it's pulling his hair out, but it's a bit later. <laughs> so, 
I don't well, know. Well, that's the This is the third time Brighton have had an apology. Um, but what's the point in the apology? That like means absolutely nothing. Exactly. Yeah, I'm just watching the, the highlights now, and <laughs> it's just perplexed. The, 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 I've just seen the penalty one. That's like ridiculous. Um, the I the handball one. It's I don't know how you class that as handball either. Um, the the Matoma one. Yeah. Mm. Well, technically, right on they're, they're right meant on to be saying it's like. Anything above the shirt sleeve is okay. Like and it that, was that, to me, it was almost on his shoulder. It was definitely the the, the, the upper fatty part of the arm. Definitely. It was right on the cusp. But the problem with that one was that it was disallowed on the field. So they're saying yeah. there's not enough yeah. evidence to overturn it. Which which is fine. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so like th- to be fair, I, I agree on, on that point with that one. Like I, I don't think it is a handball, but it's one of those you could make an argument yeah. for it. And if the referee, yeah, he's not. I don't think the video is conclusive enough either way. But you just you add that to all the other things that went wrong and it yeah, just like feels the the Welbeck one you were talking about, the, the video that the highlight package shows you doesn't show it clear enough like what it hits, you just see the player turning. So I can't give any opinion on that one. But I'll take your word for it that's used I've seen better angles than what that Well, it's it's one of those ones where like depending on what angle you watch it from. Yeah, so what angle to kind of change your opinion yeah. on what, what it hits, but I, I can't remember. I can't remember that one was disallowed on the field or not. Um, I don't it, it was no, actually... no, that was overturned, yeah. Mm. So, yeah, it's um, yeah, Brighton have got every right to be hard done by, but Tottenham fans are still claiming that they're the other team picked on. Um, I, honestly, I, I have no idea how, how Tottenham are fifth, like, and still with, with a really good chance of finishing the top four yeah. because they're, they're absolutely that's it. They dross every week to the point where obviously their manager. Basically said they were all shit and he was off, um, <laughs> and uh, and yet they're still with a shot. Yes. I you, though, I've been thinking about this. You know how Conte quite clearly has had a hair job. Yeah. Stellini's actually Conte without the wig. They've just pulled it off. <laughs> Talking about Stellini, another. Uh, I mean, the, 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 this is this game is. If you ever needed a. A, a pure definition of the referees lost control of this match. It was this game. <laughs> the, the coaching staff all kicking off on the sidelines. Saying, I'm not going to get involved. I'm just going to, you know, keep myself calm. And then he gets a red card. <laughs> what the fuck is uh, he, awful there? So, so he gets a red card for, for not controlling his staff. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. <laughs> It's his job to control these staff. Uh, he's basically failed an Ofcom investigation. Yeah. Like he, he, his office is pristine, but because they are teachers, like licking glue, it's like I am afraid. Uh, <laughs> afraid the whole, I'm afraid the whole school's failed. So. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's it was honestly, as you say, like everything about it was bad. But apparently, Stellini and Deserbi were fighting like before the game. Like, yeah. Just Italians going to Italian, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that that Deserbi is. is He's a bit, a bit of a fire, firecracker, really, isn't he? He's like, this, oh, this is the first time he's. he's it looks got, like a psycho. Like, yeah. He's, he's, <laughs> he's got like rat like features, hasn't he? He's a bit like. He looks a bit like um, Rob Akeleni's character in uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, but like, with a bit more <laughs> facial hair. Yeah. Like, he's, just, he's just a bit rodenty. I can tell you, you know, I can imagine he's a bit of a nuisance like, but he's a good manager, though. So. Yeah. We'll, we'll let him off. And I, I wouldn't want to fight him. No. Oh, I think I would. Oh, really? 
Drive, man. Yeah. Got to pick your battles, haven't you? I know. He he looks like he he has got no problem fighting dirty and using all the tools. Did you hear Tim Sherwood's analysis of the fight on the touchline? I'm sure sure this is going to be gold. (laughs) He said, I can't remember what they're saying, but they're doing, and he did like the the Italian gesture with his hand, and he said, (laughs) but they're doing this, so I assume it's Italian. (laughs) 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 You might might as well have gone full on, mamma mia. (laughs) Uh, That was more or less what he was implying. Um, Oh, tactics Tim. Tactics Tim. He is, he is, he is something. He is something. Right, boys, uh, last game of the Saturday, uh, we'll move on to probably the most expected result this time of the season. We said it last week, this is where Man City actually turned up. So, and, and to be fair, it was against Southampton. But Southampton won, City for Haaland with another two. He lost again with a goal. So I continue in a nice wee bit of form for him. Um, is this the start of the Man City steam train? Um battering down on Arsenal's door? I think so. I mean, I, I think that, I think for the last few weeks now, they, they just look like they're really clicking into gear. I mean, th- this game, as you say, probably the most predictable result of the weekend. <laughs> like, Southampton looked done to me. And, I don't know, a few weeks ago, we were saying there's there's nine teams you can make a strong case for going, uh, going down or staying up. I think Southampton, they're now what? Even though they're only four points off the bottom, their goal difference is horrific. So, you, you know, that's basically five. I, I, I think they're done. I, I know you can't, they're never going to beat Man City, but they, they just look like they've got absolutely nothing about them. And City, comfortable victory for them, as, as I think we all expected it would have been. And, I mean, obviously we're going to come on to Arsenal, but, yeah, I think they're, they're certainly closing in. Yeah, Dave, kind of one of those typical Man City performances. Yeah, not really much. Just well, not they, were, they, were, they were very quiet for 40 minutes and then old Robo goal strikes up a goal or two and then that's <laughs> it. So um, back to back to business for him. Um, their running's quite easy as well, to be honest, Man City. Like, I, I'll be surprised if they drop points in more than one game. There might be one game where they get a draw or something, but that, I can just say them steamrolling more through opposition. Um, they've got Leicester at home on Saturday, which, dear God, it's like I hope John Terry's busy. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's got some work to do this week to keep that quiet. I wonder um, if he's I, I think but, with the point you said uh, just there about City's fixture list, I think the only thing that that could scupper them is how far they get in the Champions League because they'll be. It's say if they if they get 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 past Bayern Munich and they're into the semis, they'll they'll be like there'll be a Premier League game that he'll sort of have to take not a risk because they've got such a fucking strong squad, but there'll but there'll be a game where he won't put out like there'll be four or five people who'd be what you'd say would be his strongest eleven that he'll probably miss out and you know you'd still expect them to go and win that game but we've seen already this season with City on a few occasions when they do change it we know when when he changes it around and Pep goes full on Pep they, they they've dropped points I think that's the only thing that that, that could knacker them in in like most the majority of their league games in the league though when they're closing down at this time of season they just, yeah. just know how to win 
Um, I mean, that Leicester game two, three seasons ago, two seasons ago, you know, company comes up with a winner out of nowhere. Yeah. You know, it's just this, and I mean, I mean, we'll come on to Arsenal. I, I firmly believe they've not really had a bad, a bad run, and I just think a few bad results, and they will, they will Arsenal. Um, and mm. I hope so because I just can't handle them winning the league. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, Arsenal's Arsenal's next few games are tricky, I think, to say the least. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the type the league changes hands the next few games. Yeah, what is it? So they're six points behind. City have got a game in hand, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and start to play each other. So I just think Arsenal, and I mean, they've got a lot of young players in fairness as well. So not giving them a wee bit of credit, I don't want to. Um, they just they just don't know what to do in this environment. I mean, they're, let's be honest, they're punching, apart from Dave, who had them winning the league somehow. Um, Did I? <laughs> you had them right up there anyway, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure I had them for like eighth <laughs> under Arteta's <laughs> first manager to be sacked sort of thing but I just feel they're, they're just I think yesterday showed signs of Arsenal being Arsenal um, because that game should have been too easy for, um, which will obviously come on like that. Um, well I mean we'll come on to the Leeds game now and then we can go move on to the Arsenal game last and that'll bring us on to finish the, with the, the title talk um, Crystal Palace 5-1 win against Leeds, for me, probably. I, I didn't think they were in any danger anyway, um, which I said before Vieira got sacked, after Vieira got sacked, but this pretty much cements them in the league for next year. and Leeds still right bang in trouble. Well, Leeds were good for 40 minutes and Palace was on the ropes. I think it's probably fair to say like they could barely got their own half. Uh, and then they did. And that was the end of that. Um, that goal out in the struggle half time totally changed the game. Uh, and then, as we've seen many times with Palace under the Roy era, like once they go ahead and you start to chase the game, very good, very good on the counter attack. And the they, uh, always got a lot of nimble players up at the top end of the field. Who it seemed like every time every time possession turned over, Palace had like four men forward and Leeds just had like Luke Allen running around being like, well, I don't know, and obviously. Ended very badly for them. Yeah, um, yeah, big, big trouble. Um, I, I, do you know what? On, on the positiveness, like to try and give Ross a wee bit of break. I, I really enjoy watching like Eze and Alicia, um play football. Even Will Hughes, like when he's on it, Will Hughes was a great midfielder when he was breaking through. They've got a lot of good players there. A lot of young. I don't know how old Hughes is now, but they have got a lot of good young players there. They do. I think that's what we were saying about Vieira, where like you know, as he wasn't getting in that team, and it's like, well, why? Like, yeah. like, do you really need Jordan Ayew to play left wing? Um, <laughs> now, as, as it turns out, Jordan Ayew turned into a goal-scoring machine here, but um, it was... there, were, there were two lovely finishes from someone who's only scored one goal this season. Ah, uh, it's it big talk for a man who's you know notably terrible in front of goal. Yeah. Um, but. That's the thing with Palace. Like, if you you may as well play at their strengths, which is obviously playing on the counter attack, um, because they, they obviously shouldn't be anywhere near the bottom three, really, with the, the talent they've got. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently, Roy Hodgson's the man to unlock that, and only Roy Hodgson. Yes. No one else can. We were all so, wrong. I can tell you, <laughs> Roy is the man. Uh, Leeds. What we're saying is Ross putting man in the post in the bin next season, or is he going to start the championship manager on the post? <laughs> <laughs> I thought 
that turned a corner under under Javier Garcia. But this was not good after going after going behind. It uh, seemed to. I mean, they're still brilliant for 40 minutes. If they can just sustain that level of performance more often, they'll be all right. But I'd be alarmed by how quickly it fell apart. But the only thing in their favour is that after they've got Liverpool next week, they've got Fulham away, who, as we said, may as well not be here. Mm-hmm. And they've got Leicester and Bournemouth. That's, you know, two big games. Um, yeah, but, but they need to get results in them because after that, they've got Man City and then yourselves. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say I'm worried for them because I couldn't really care either way, but they, um, they've they kind of played their card, haven't they, by going for a new manager um, with mixed results so far. But I think they've got more about them than Forrest. And to be fair, they've got more about them than Bournemouth. Bournemouth just yeah. keep pulling up these random results. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, we just they're, they're punching above their weight for the two, three seasons they've been in the league. They've got a lot of championship players still, still playing in that team. Um, yeah, I mean, how Luke Eiling is still yeah. playing in, that is ridiculous because he's shit. So <laughs> if Leeds and Everton go down, we possibly might get an extra podcast a week. Um, we can get Ross and Carl, uh, <laughs> maybe some of the Portsmouth boys to um, to do a lower league podcast. If anyone is. I don't feel any of our three teams will be relegated anytime soon, but you know, stranger things have happened. <laughs> um, right, let's move on to the last game of the weekend then, and it was Liverpool 2, Arsenal 2. Um, I, I don't know who deserved to win this. I don't know why their team deserved to win this. Um, this was a very, very weird game. Um, probably summed up, as you alluded to earlier, Dave, by Salah's absolute horrendous penalty. And I'm sure he's missed two in a row now. <sighs> To, to, I mean, to miss the target on two consecutive penalties for a man of his talent is like what, what's it's wrong bizarre, isn't it? Uh, like what is wrong with you? Well, that's um, a, I want that answer first of all, please. If you... oh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. He he's always been a, like, a strange footballer in the sense that like yes, he gets like twenty five goals a season, but he misses like twenty five big chances a match. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's very must be quite frustrating. But uh, what a stupid game of football this was. It was, um, it was just makes no sense. Well, <laughs> well, well, Arsenal played it absolutely perfectly for again half an hour or so, and then for some reason Granit Xhaka decided to start fight with Alexander Arnold, which was a waste. So of time. unnecessary, wasn't it? Uh, and that's the only way to pull up. I mean, Gary Neville summed it up nicely on commentary with like, if this crowd's sleeping, don't wake them up because I mean that's you know Anfield's a bear pit. Like I always. I fancied Liverpool to score goals against Arsenal because it's what, you know, generally, even in this poor run of form, you're not bad at Anfield. Um, but you were absolutely nowhere for that first half an hour, like totally outplayed in every department and it looked like it was going to be very very easy for Arsenal. Uh, but then that one incident changed the whole game and by the end, I think Arsenal were lucky to get a point. Yeah, I think had, had Salah scored the penalty when he did, um, I, th- I think you'd have gone on, wouldn't it? Oh, 100%. And I probably a comfortable result as well because, as you say, Arsenal just turned too much. I mean, they, they had a little... Ramdo had a couple of good saves, but, I mean, I, I'm probably one of his biggest critics um, for the last couple of seasons. Firmino's been fairly awful. But he changed the game when he came on. And, I mean, even when he came on, I'm like, oh, great, here we go. What a waste of time. <laughs> uh, but he was everywhere. He was he was like the Firmino of, like, 2017. Yeah, he's he really good. 
he knits everything together and he essentially plays midfield and attack. Like he's he's a transition player, which without him you'd already have like I I I don't rate Gakpo in the slightest in the role he's been playing in for yourselves. Um I don't understand why you spend so much money on him when you've got other options. Um like for me, Nunez, you spent that much money on him, you might as well be starting him. You've got I don't see what, what benefit there is to playing him for half an hour on the bench unless he's got an injury or something but he had, yeah he had he's for all these games you, you've got to just play him and get him up to speed and if, he, if it turns out he's not good enough then I mean, that's a different story but you're not going to find that out by playing him on the bench and if I'm Arsenal like I'd much rather play against Gakpo than Nunes because he's an absolute lunatic but like he, he gets chances in every game he plays like it's not it's not like he's a shrinking violet um, he's just got no he's right he's right He's rapid as well. So yeah, exactly. Always got well, that, that in behind, and he, yeah, he'll chase it as well. Yeah. And like, he's a, he's a he's a big fucker as well. Like, he's, he's fast, strong. He's got, he's got a lot of arrogance as well. For somebody who's not really had a great start, he scored a fair amount of goals. To be fair, considering the season we've had, he's got good, but he's missed a lot of easy chances, horrible first touches. But you would never know. To me, like mm. I, I, this is a like I'm not saying he's going to have the same career. Certainly, by nowhere near. But it's very reminiscent of Suarez's first year for us. Um, and it's not going to have anywhere near the impact. Don't get me wrong. But like Suarez just never gave up. Like that first year, he would hit the bar. He was he missed open goals. And this reminds me of um, Nunes. I I I've fallen in love with him as a player. I just think he's mental, and I love it. <laughs> it just causes carnage. Like you wouldn't want. Yeah. As a player, you can't enjoy playing against him. Yeah, no, I, 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 I quite like him. I, I think he's, you know, obviously, he's, he's, but no means been perfect this season, but I think he's probably been overly criticised, I think, at times. Because I think, he's, isn't he still only like 21 or something? Like, he's still quite young, isn't he? Compared, I mean, I've got a daughter the same age as him. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, you know, this it's for the young player coming over to the Premier League, like, it is completely different. Yeah, uh, no, he started football to, c- compared to what he would be used to. So I, I, I don't think he's done done too badly. To be fair, I, I, I think I can see him having a, a pretty decent season uh, next year. But you know, obviously he, he had a, he had a really good chance in this game today. Mm-hmm. And I mean, to be fair to Ramsdale, and you know, he's, I'm not I'm not a massive fan of Ramsdale. I, I think he's hugely overrated by uh, a lot of a lot of the pundits. On the team at the moment, but credit where credit's due, he made some yeah, yeah. fucking good saves yesterday. And so, uh, at his mess at the back post. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, um, I just, yeah, just a mad. I was speaking to obviously Chris, the, the previous host, um, and Bobby, who's like the one of our like regular listeners, and uh, now that person, they obviously both been Arsenal fans. And I was like, the only game I wanted Liverpool to win this season, if we could only win one, was this one. Hmm. Just so they didn't win the league, but I think a, a draw was probably a fair result through it all. It was just no team deserved to win it. Um, not not through any. It was just because it was mad. Hmm. Just just mad. Van Dyke. Um, like let's talk about Van Dyke for a minute because I I have been his biggest defender and biggest supporter. He's I think he's done. He struggles. Interesting to see how he comes back next season because this has been an absolute write off because. I mean, you just don't see that happen where, like, he's not only out jumped by uh, Jesus, but, like, he's not near him, is he? He doesn't get off the floor. <laughs> like, 
he didn't didn't come in, you know, like no energy. It's like he's just he's always uh, been like had that laid back attitude, but now it's like he's not even switching on. But I mean, yeah. like, a lot of it goes back to what we were saying last week, where like there's absolutely no protection that defence anymore. Well, um, very true. There's no obviously the midfield is non-existent, but then like the fullbacks are too far exposed to get back and cover around. So like. I don't know. It's probably unfair to judge him in a system where there's basically two centre backs back and no one else a lot of the time. Um, but that 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 second uh, the second goal for Arsenal though. If you look back at it, I'd, you know, Jesus doesn't have to make any clever run at no. all. Like he's, he's not he's not moving like near post and pulling back. He literally runs in a straight line, and at no stage is Van Dijk think to look behind and see yeah. what's what's going on and I think at half time the, the there seems to be more criticism to Robertson for not getting round and covering but I think that's that's one hundred percent Van Dyke's responsibility to have to have been marking the only fucking Arsenal player in the box. <laughs> like do you know it's not like he had other people, you know, other runners coming in to, to mark. He had he had one job and yeah, really Really, really poor season. I think he's has. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, just shocking. Um, but again, as Dave says, let's see if we actually one sign any midfielders, and two if it actually makes it because just now it's just abysmal. Um, Arsenal kind of a blip. I mean, they would take a point in this game away to Liverpool, but with the City result. The, the, this time of the season, this is where they need the run of games. You know, they, they'd have rather mm. had these points dropped ten games ago, um, because uh, as I've said, and, and I think everybody's kind of in agreement, this is Man City's time where they they tend not to drop many points. So Arsenal, then every game is now important, and they'll get that nervy feeling. Um, a bit like the Liverpool 13-14 is the one I can relate to. Um, mm. I don't know what it was like for yourself, Dave, with the, you know the Keegan Ring one, but all these games start to matter. And Arsenal have never—I I don't feel they've had many. Obviously, they had the. Did they get a, quite a late winner against yourselves, Simon? Yeah, and then the week after against the week Bournemouth. After, yeah, but they've not really had much adversity this season. I feel. No, not really. I mean, they well, they. I think they did he go on. Like a four-game run, maybe just at the turn of the year, where they they didn't win for four games. I, I seem to remember that. I think they they like remember lost to City and like drew th- three games. I remember them drawing at home to Brentford, and you kind of thought, yeah, I think that's th- I think that three draws in a row, and they lost to Man City, and then after that, they'd won all their games since yeah. then until obviously yesterday. But I think I think with that now. Now it's down to six points. City have got the game in hand and they play each other in a couple of weeks. And then after, so I think Arsenal, they've got they've got West Ham and Southampton, the next two. And then they've got City away, Chelsea home, Newcastle away. I think those three games, I think that's where they lose the title. What's interesting is um, Arsenal play those two games. Man City only play one in that time because they have the FA Cup semi-final the week after. So, and when that's against, to, is that against Sheffield? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's not irrelevant for um, how the title will go. It just means that when the two teams meet, yeah. Arsenal could, could be, you know, nine points ahead, even though it's artificial. Um, there's two games in hand on that. But psychologically, it could make a difference. 
than going in, you know, three points ahead with City with two games in hand. I mean, that's yeah. you know, quite daunting, isn't it? But open that gap up might just help them on the night. But as I say, as I said earlier, City are just very mechanical at this time of year. Um, and Arsenal are pretty much untested. Um, right, if you put your, I'm, I'm not going to ask you this every week because I'll thingy. If you were to put your put your house on the title race just now, Dave. Uh, Man City, yeah. Man City, without a doubt. Yeah, Man City. Right, top top four, Newcastle to be in it or not, Simon? Uh, yes. Dave. Yeah. Uh, Europa League, Simon. Villa. Uh, at the moment, I would say no, just because Brighton have got two games in hand on us. Yeah. Um, I think Villa will get it. I think Brighton's game in, games in hand are Man City. No, M- Man City is one of them, yeah. Yeah, and Chelsea thinks the other, which is neither here nor there. But yeah. um, I'll tell you what, if Brighton make the FA Cup final as well, I don't know how much of their league form will improve after that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, right, and then the last one, um, Leeds and Everton to go down. I think both. I think both will stay up. Yeah, I, I think they'll both stay up. Right, right. Well, we're not going to do this every week because if not, this is what will be the end of the podcast. Every week yeah. comes, so we'll discuss it maybe with two or three games to go. Maybe the the end of April, end of the month. Yeah, we'll get a clearer picture with we just a few games to go, and then we can really focus on it. But. That brings us to the end, gentlemen. So thank you as always for, for joining me. Dave, if you could let everybody know where they can find you. Uh, on Twitter, at CM9798. And the website is cm9798.co.uk. And Simon? Uh, yeah, so on Twitter, it's at Sio Regan And Villa Fantasy Holtcast podcast and the website, 7500toholt.com. And you can find us at Man in a Post on all your social media platforms. Wherever you find your podcast, please give us a rating, review, subscribe whatever the platform um, can allow you to do. It means a lot to any of us. But, um, yeah, thank you at home for for listening over these 12 years. Um, Awards in the early days, um, obviously I came in, I think think I'm on my seventh season now. Um, Dave's about the same. Um, Simon, as you say, three, four, five. So it's been an absolute pleasure on to to many more. Uh, But, gentlemen, thank you as always for listening. Thanks, Ali. Thank you. Thank you at home for listening. And always remember, keep your man in the post. <laughs>